Welcome back to the Monsters and Mixers podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Emma. And I am Amy. Uh, thank you for joining us on this Thursday it is afternoon. <laughs> it is Thursday. Um, yeah. Anything you'd like to chit chat about? Um, not really. I haven't been keeping up too much with the true crime world lately, which is sad. I've been too busy um, doing other things and into the spooky realm. So anything new been going on? Uh, just the Lori Vallow slash Daybell trial still happening. Um, I've been trying to keep up with that, but cameras aren't allowed in the courtroom and it's like really disorienting just to like listen to the audio of the trial with just like a stock image in the background. Yeah, I tried it also and I don't, I mean, I don't mind listening to things. I just feel like the way that a trial operates, it's not nearly, I don't know, I was, I was finding myself distracted and kind of like trailing off. Well, it's definitely easier when you can like see who's saying what and like the way their faces are moving and like how she reacts to things. But um, I'm not sure when that's supposed to wrap up, but it, it's been going on for about two weeks. So it should be soon. I would think probably like a probably. Month. And I would imagine the jury's not going to deliberate very long on that one. Um, I believe it is a death penalty case. I don't know if that will make them deliberate a little longer, but I don't know. Um, that's what I've been following. All right. Are you going to do an episode on that? You think? maybe it's just a monster (laughs) to dive into like every podcast or youtube video i've watched about it has had like four to five parts just because you have to start at the beginning with it um and there's just so much just death and destruction that she and others in that family have left in their wake it's a really sad horrible story yeah um i would like to i know that if you're interested and like don't really know what we're talking about i think uh stephanie harlow on youtube she did like a really deep dive like when it first started happening um that's like four parts and that'll catch you up to everything all right awesome yeah and she's really good she is really good i like her so uh i wanted to do a true crime episode on shanquella robinson because i feel like unless you're like like us where you're super ingrained in the true crime community and you kind of like follow very closely everything that happens and you are involved in the community and watch all these videos Some people probably don't know who she is or even what happened to her. Um, I know like the most, I don't watch the news every day, but the most like news coverage I saw her get was through like Twitter and like specifically like black Twitter. Um, But other than that, I've only seen a handful of videos of people who like dedicated like a good portion of time to talking about her. And I feel like her story deserves to get talked about, especially because there are some current and recent updates happening. We're about to come up on the year no not year anniversary i think it's like six month anniversary um and her family's been doing some stuff with like the white house so she's back in the news all right i am ready to hear the update i know (laughs) well i and actually i know the story because you've talked to me about it but i don't really know a lot of the details Mm -hmm. so most of this is probably going to be new for me yeah and i do want to preface that a lot of the details are still unknown because we are relying on getting information from this group of people who we have very quickly learned are not people who you should be getting truthful information from. So uh, what I'm t- what I'm going to be discussing is a timeline that has been put together basically from like police reports, her mother, um, social media posts, and things that followed after that. We don't really have any idea what happened in like the 24 hours leading up to everything that went on, but we can talk about what we do know. 
So Shanquel Robinson was a 25-year-old woman from Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, when she last spoke to her mom, she was enjoying dinner with her friends at a villa in Cabo. Not even 24 hours after that, she was found dead. Her cause of death and who was responsible would remain a question until further details began unraveling. This is the timeline as we know it now of everything that led up to her death and transpired after. On Friday, October 28th, 2022, Shanquella and five friends left Charlotte to head to San Jose del Cabo, Mexico for a friend's birthday trip. Shanquella, who worked as a hair braider and operator of the Exquisite Boutique, was super excited to take a small vacation and have some fun in the sun. Um, those friends that she was traveling with are Khalil Cook, Malik St. Patrick Dwyer, uh, Wynton Essence Donovan, Elise Michelle Hyatt, Dejanay Jackson, and Nazir Wiggins. Um, the sixth friend, Nazir, would arrive the next day on his own. Later that evening, Shinquilla called her mom, Salamandra Robinson, while eating with her friends at their rented villa. But, uh, they were fed by a private chef. So they were living it up. Reportedly, Shanquella had been making posts to social media between their arrival to Mexico on the 28th and her sudden death the following day. According to her mother, she appeared by all intents and purposes to be thoroughly enjoying herself. Yeah, that'd be a dream vacay. For sure. And she like worked her ass off from what I know. Like she was doing hair braiding. She was doing all of these things. So it was a much deserved and needed vacation for her to just kind of like not have to work and not have to deal with life. Um, on Saturday, October 29th, so the next day, at approximately 2.16 Mountain Standard Time, Nazir Wiggins claims that he arrives in Mexico. Um, he claimed this per a self-posted Facebook Live in which he attempted to clear his name after the fact. Like I said, this is one day after the original group of five arrived. Upon his arrival, he calls members of the group to get the address of the villa. It's during this call that Nazir is allegedly informed of Shanquella's condition. He claimed his friends told him that she was sick and unwell as a result of supposed alcohol poisoning. Um, Nazir made his way to the villa. Can I just stop? Are you going to talk about their connection, how these two are connected? Is he just a friend? They're just friends. Um, I think it's Khalil. She was like a, he or they are like childhood friends, like had been friends since they were like 12. Okay. Um, and then the rest are like people she had either like gone to school with or like they're not like besties. So this guy is important just for the simple fact of establishing a timeline a timeline okay yes and he is the only one of the group who uh has spoken after everything oh, well that's not suspicious at all everybody else um i'm not saying it's suspicious to him it is definitely no, suspicious that no one else. else has spoken and i did watch the live stream that i referenced um that he told everything about and don't know if it helped or hurt him but um upon his arrival like I said, or sorry, according to a police report, a doctor was called to the villa to help Shanquella at around 2 p.m. The group of friends allegedly told the doctor that she had been drinking excessively. Um, the doctor that arrived checked on Robinson and insisted on taking her to the hospital, but the people she was with refused. We later find out that the reason that they refused that they told her mother was because it was going to be incredibly expensive for them to for her to have to get health care um, in Mexico. And she, the, her mother's response was like, well, she has health insurance. Right. Um, even if it was expensive, like we would have made it work. Like it's not for you to make that call of what's too expensive. Like no one's going to, they made it seem like they were demanding that in order for her to be taken to the hospital, they had to give them like, they had to give them like it was like five to $10,000. 
Um, people have done some deep dives into like the prices of Mexican healthcare compared to American healthcare. And there is literally no situation in which that would be the amount that they would have to pay if she was rushed to, um, rushed to a hospital, rushed to an emergency room. Also, and they wouldn't even be the responsible party. No. And that's a heavy, heavily tourist area. So I do think that I read that like a lot of the hospitals in that area do work with like American, um, healthcare and stuff like that, because why would they not like what you're going to get all these tourists here? Yeah. You don't want to be a tourist in an area and be like, well, if something happens to me, I'm going to be out 20 grand. Like, (laughs) so that is something that we are going to get more people to travel to your place. If they feel like if something were to come up, they're taken care of. Mm -hmm. And also I start to uh, question the doctor's integrity here because it's not Chinquella refusing. It's her friends refusing, none of which have any sort of legal rights over her healthcare. And in the event that you arrive and you say that this person is in the condition that we now know that she was in, there should be zero question if you have any sort of integrity that she should have immediately been transported to a hospital. Um, According to the Charlotte Observer, Dr. Carolina Beatriz Ornelas Gutierrez was summoned to the villa at 2.13 p.m. She reportedly arrived around an hour later, so that's another hour of time passing, and is said to have been informed at that time, like I said, that she had drank a lot of alcohol. Um, she tried to administer an IV at that time, and it was unsuccessful. Dehydration, probably. Probably, yeah. Um, the police report suggests that Shanquella had stable vital signs, but was dehydrated, unable to communicate verbally, and seemed inebriated. Um, how this can be true, given what we know now, I'm not sure. Robinson started having convulsions convulsions around 4 p.m. This is also per the police report, at which point an ambulance was finally called. So now we are two hours in the future from when they originally called the police. So had they taken her to the hospital then? Probably well, I don't even any- know if I'm in that camp because I don't believe anything that we're being told here. Um, despite numerous attempts to revive her, Shanquilla was pronounced dead at 5.57 p.m. So they tried to revive her for... Almost two Almost hours. Almost two hours. Um, this is also which, according to the police report. Which is what they tend to do with younger people. Um, yeah. Especially somebody with no health concerns. Yeah. They're going to work hard to try and help you. While this is the story that appears in the police report about the incident, um, Shanquilla's death certificate says that she died 15 minutes after suffering a severe spinal cord injury and a broken neck. The autopsy revealed that Shanquilla suffered, quote, severe spinal cord injuries an atlas luxation with no mention of alcohol poisoning whatsoever, despite repeated claims by her friends. Um, for those of you who don't know, atlas luxation signals instability or excessive movements in the uppermost vertebrae of the neck. Um, I believe it's that really tiny. No, is that in the front? The tiny bone that signals strangulation. It's a bone in the back that like pretty much can only be broken with severe trauma. So she was acting or appearing to look drunk because she had this horrible spinal injury. Yes. Um, Despite the brutal circumstances, details did not immediately come out about Shanquilla's death. It wasn't until a video began circulating in mid-November, and this video was leaked by an anonymous source from the area that Shanquilla is from. Not sure if the video was leaked from a member within the group of people who were in Cabo. Either way, it was leaked. And um, the video showed in mid-November that she uh, she was being beaten by a group of people, her, quote, friends in Cabo. And that is when people really started focusing on the case. Yeah, because that's disgusting to think that your friends would do something like this to you. Yeah. Um, in the video, if you have not seen it, you can see a naked Shanquilla 
being brutally beaten in her room at the villa, not fighting back. Um, she takes several very hard blows to the head. And the person who is filming, a male voice behind the camera, is saying, fight back, fight back, like just antagonizing the entire situation. It's not clear when the video was taken or if the video depicted the moment that she, sh she suffered the fatal injury. And it is also unclear what led to the altercation or how many people were in the room at the time. Um, or if anyone tried to intervene. Can I assume they did not? Well, not if they're saying fight back. That sounds more like encouragement. Yeah, like this is anything. entertainment to me. Yeah. Um, but by then, by the time the video was released, nobody knew the location of the people that had traveled with Robinson and authorities refused to name any suspects in the case. Because timestamps and further relevant information are unknown as of now, the precise timing of Shanquilla's attack currently rests on two known details. The assumed time of day per the leaked videos of the altercation and the reported time of death per the Mexican Secretariat of Health's autopsy report. The autopsy states that Shanquilla Robinson died at 3 p.m., with the time frame between injury and death being 15 minutes. Given this, it's assumed that her attack took place from an unknown time until 2.45 p.m. at the latest. Paramedics are said to have also administered a total of 14 rounds of CPR, five doses of adrenaline, and six discharges, which are the AED shocks, without success. Um, my question is, how can this time possibly be true if the doctor claimed she was alive when she arrived on the scene at around 3 p.m.? Right, because that, I mean, 3 p.m. would be like the time when she was absolutely dead based on absolutely. So and she, if she they, had paid off and said that's oh, what a lot of people believe I mean, that would be the only thing that would make sense would be the doctor shows up like hey we need you to say she's alive doctor signs off on it mm -hmm. leaves says they refuse treatment so there's some kind of an established time frame that shows that she was quote alive yeah there's a lot of there's also a theory that like um since this is a very established like nice tourist villa that they were staying at um, that they didn't want the bad press to come to like the place that they oh. worked at or owned where like Americans are coming here and dying. Um, so that's like another theory, like the payoff theory. I have no idea. Also the timeline for me, if they called the cops around 2 PM, um, when you say 2 PM, that could be like 2 13, 2 30, mm -hmm. who knows? And she arrived an hour later. There's no way that she was alive. No, not if they said it took about 15 minutes for her to die. Yeah, absolutely no way. And they would be able to know that based on other people who had had the same injury and the timeline it took for them mm -hmm. to succumb to death. And Without help. Yeah. Um, so I fully believe that Shanquella was already dead when the doctor showed up. And um, contrary to what Nazim would like us to believe, I also believe that she was dead when he showed up. Cops arrived at 5.25 p.m. and spoke to the doctor before Shanquilla was pronounced dead at 5.57 p.m., according to the police report. This revel revelation drastically disrupted the presumed timeline based on the death certificate, which claims she died within 15 minutes of being injured. Nothing that is said here can be true or accurate whatsoever if we are to believe her autopsy results. And was the autopsy done by somebody in the States, somebody in Mexico? Mexico. Was it confirmed in the States? Uh, I'll get into that. Okay. Um, her mother, Salamandra, says that she received two phone calls from the group of friends in the evening. Uh, the first one saying that she wasn't feeling well due to alcohol poisoning and that a doctor was being called, and again to say medics had arrived. At this time, it is unknown when exactly these phone calls were made, 
but if it was made prior to and upon the arrival of medics, which occurred after Nazim arrived to Shanquilla's aid per his word, um, this would line up with Salamandra's claim, or this call was likely made before or around 4 p.m. This would line up with Salamandra's claim that the call was made in the evening, as it would have been around 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time in Charlotte. Additionally, Shanquilla's family alleged that on that second call, they were put on hold by one of uh, the friends, supposedly uh, Shanquilla's best friend. They were again told by the friend that her condition was due to alcohol poisoning, though the autopsy would later show otherwise. So at this point, they have reiterated the phrase alcohol poisoning so many times that it's almost like Everybody we have to say this every time. Mm-hmm. We have to like get it ingrained in their brain. We all have this all is come, our story. We're this is our story. We have to say it to every single person we speak to. We have to say it to the doctor. We have to say it to her mom. Um, and I do want to clarify because I didn't really go into that in the live stream that Nazim, is it Nazim or Nazir? Nazir. That Nazir did. He claims that when he arrived to the villa, he found Shanquella like in a room with like a towel on her head. Uh, like almost like she had like a really bad headache and then he was like stroking her hair and like comforting her and like talked to her for a little bit and like gave her some water. So did she talk back? I don't, who even knows? I don't know if he even specified, but he claims that when he arrived, she was alive, which literally cannot be true. I mean, whatsoever. She could have been in that out of it, very out of it phase. Where she was like slowly dying. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it, it is possible that he got there when she was still appearing to be intoxicated because she was actively dying. Yeah. Um. So the death certificate classified Shanquilla Robinson's death as accidental or violent, noting that the approximate time between injury and death was 15 minutes. Daniel De La Rosa Anaya, uh, Baja California SIRS Attorney General, was later asked in an interview with a Mexican journalist why they did not prevent the group of people from leaving Mexico and keep them in the country. He stated that by the time investigators were identifying suspects, the group had already fled back to the United States. Two weeks and $6,000 later, Shanquilla's family received her body. And when they received it, she was covered, her face was covered in bruises, her face was covered in scratches. She looked like she had just had the shit kicked out of her. And I'm sure her family would have rather paid that $6,000 for her medical bills. Absolutely. Not that that was an option we're learning, but still, yeah. like you have to point out the fact that spending six grand to have to bring your family member's body back mm-hmm. is probably something that would, it would piss me off so bad that if somebody would have maybe reached out and got her some help beforehand, instead of being afraid, mm-hmm. may not even had to pay $6,000 to save her life. Mm-hmm. Or had even just like called her. And been like, called her mom and said, hey, like, they're wanting this amount of money to take her to the hospital. Is that something that you think you can pay? Yeah. Obviously, her mom, who loves her very, very much, is going to say, fucking do whatever you can. Right. I will pay whatever. We'll figure it out somehow. Um. So officials in the state that Shanquella died announced that they were investigating the incident as femicide on November 16th, 2022. What is femicide? Uh, femicide is the intentional killing of a woman. Okay. On November 25th. 2022, the state attorney general's office of Baja California, sir, issued an arrest warrant for femicide in connection with Robinson's death. So femicide is the equivalent of homicide in the United States. Okay. Mexican authorities said extradition procedures were started in the case, but did not identify the suspects at this time either. Family members, friends, and community activists came together to fill envelopes with letters to Mexican authorities begging for an arrest in the case. 
The group used pink envelopes, Shanquilla's favorite color, to help the notices stand out. Every time they see a pink envelope, they are going to know we are trying to put pressure on them to execute the warrant to arrest these individuals, John C. Barnett said. On March 13, 2023, attorneys Ben Crump and Sue Ann Robinson shared a letter they sent to President Joe Biden and Secretary of State Antony Blinken that identified a woman who traveled to Mexico with Robinson that they claim was responsible for her death. So this is just not too long ago, just a couple months ago. Mm -hmm. The letter includes an 18-page packet with her autopsy and unreleased documents from prosecutors and police. In our letter to President Biden and Secretary Blinken, we clearly stated that one of two things needs to happen. Either the U.S. extradites Shanquilla's killer to Mexico, or the U.S. takes jurisdiction of the case and her killer is prosecuted, or prosecuted here, Crump said. Inaction is not, access, not acceptable in this case. Shanquilla's family deserves swift, swift justice for her death. Which is already impossible because the time has passed, any kind of swift justice, but mm-hmm. they at least deserve justice. Right. The White House publicly addressed the death of Shanquilla Robinson for the first time on March 16th. Let me just first say our hearts go out to Miss Robinson's family and friends, White House Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre said. It is devastating what occurred. Jean-Pierre shared limited insight, citing ongoing efforts by the FBI, Department of Justice, and the State Department. After a panel about equal justice wrapped up on the campus of Livingstone College on March 26th, or 23rd, Shanquilla Robinson's family and their attorney promised to continue to maintain pressure on federal authorities to either prosecute the people responsible for her death or extradite them to Mexico. Ben Crump joined Robinson's family for a news briefing at the music room inside the Varick Auditorium. Crump was joined by several civil rights advocates as well, who all shared similar demands for intervention at the national level. Uh, Crump was the attorney for Mike Brown's family, right? I believe and so. a few other really high-profile yeah. cases. Mm-hmm. On April 12th, 2023, the DOJ announced that Shanquilla's case will not see federal prosecution. An FBI-ordered autopsy of Shanquilla Robinson's body came back inconclusive and is part of why federal officials won't press charges, according to an attorney for her family. Previously, as we know, Mexican authorities performed an autopsy and determined Robinson's cause of death to be severe spinal cord injury and atlas luxation, a broken neck. Based on the results of the autopsy and after a careful deliberation and review of the investigative materials by both U.S. attorneys' offices, federal prosecutors informed Ms. Robinson's family today that the available evidence does not support a federal prosecution, the U.S. attorney's office said. So what the hell would you have to have for a federal prosecution? I'll tell you right now. Okay. Because... <laughs> I'm just blown away that people can get away with. The F- yeah. The FBI claims that they conducted a, quote, detailed and thorough investigation of the evidence and worked with the Robinson family to conduct an autopsy in the United States by the medical examiner's office in Mac- Mecklenburg County, North Carolina. According to attorney Robinson, the family was told that the FBI interviewed Shanquilla's family or, or Shanquilla's travel mates and, quote, people who were in the house, but did not specify how many people they interviewed. The U.S. officials told the family that the autopsy, which was completed after Shanquilla Robinson's body had been embalmed and transported back to the United States, revealed no spinal cord injury but did show swelling on her brain, although the cause of death is still said to be undetermined, the attorney said. So what would the swelling on the brain be from? Because I don't believe you get that from alcohol poisoning. And did they do a toxicology? They did. Well, they did a toxicology. They confirmed that she did not die from alcohol poisoning. She didn't have alcohol. Mexico did. They can't, I mean, you can't do it 
this many months in advance when she's already been embalmed because her blood has been taken from her body well i feel like you can do tissue samples and things like that maybe i mean i but mexico said that there was absolutely no way that the levels that were in her body would have led to anything that unless she had like bad alcohol which even that would show up like it's some kind of odd chemical Mm -hmm. the family of shanquilla robinson and their attorney said that they are disappointed but not deterred um sue ann robinson the attorney for the family I just want to specify right now, she is not related to the family at all, even though they have the same last name. Common last name. Yeah. Slam delays in what she said was a, quote, so-called investigation. She said the autopsy done in the United States was done after Shanquella's body had been embalmed, and that this discrepancy from the Mexican autopsy and death certificate is a direct result of that delay. Um, I think you even have to realize, as someone who's doing that, you have to take that in, into consideration. Like this much time has passed and this has already been done to her body to preserve her for burial. Yeah. This autopsy that we're about to do and because we waited so long to do it is not going to accurately reflect anything that happened. Wouldn't you still see the broken neck and things though? I mean, that shouldn't go away. It's not like the body's going to start healing. Right. Which I think is weird that they also did claim that they didn't see that. Like who, why, what does Mexico gain like a Mexico attorney's or a coroner's office gain by saying that that is because they didn't just say it was a broken neck. Like she had severe spinal, injury. Spin, severe spinal injury and a broken back vertebrae. Was this during the time when all that bad alcohol was going around Mexico? No, this was less than a year ago. So the only thing they could gain would be not being criminal, criminally negligent and somebody consuming too much alcohol on your premises. Um, so they make or, that up that would indicate that she fell or she was injured and it couldn't be fell and broke the the top vertebrae of her spinal cord and it could not be then at the fault of the establishment you already said that they were worried about how they were looking and appearing no i said that's a theory i don't know if they actually believe that well i mean that way but that would make sense if you're going to say oh no it wasn't alcohol that she consumed here. We didn't do anything wrong. It doesn't it have to be broken... where they say it's alcohol she consumed here. If she had alcohol poisoning and died from that as they're claiming, then why that has nothing to do with Mexico. No, but it might have something to do with negligence on the place of the... On the... On yeah, Cabo? I'm just, I'm just saying <laughs> the place that they were staying, it might have been able to be determined they were negligent in some way. Well, we can already that's determine the only, that That's they the only were theory that I'm thinking... From the doctor that they sent over. I'm just giving you theories. I I, yeah, I don't agree with that theory. And I'm also confused as to how these autopsies are so vastly different. That happens sometimes. I, the only way to do that would be get a third independent autopsy person. But even then, like with so much time passing and her body being like fully embalmed. I mean, when you embalm a body, you do a lot to it. Oh, yeah. Like, for sure. If in the event that she had a broken neck, if it was like a visible broken neck, the person who did her embalming and did her like mortuary services probably would have fixed it yeah, but you would have so saw she didn't that. look that way you would have seen the fix like they would have had to put something in the bone to hold it together i don't know i don't know either all i know is there seems to be absolutely zero people involved in this who have told the truth from the beginning or even told the truth at all and when you have doctors who are willing to lie about what they saw when they arrived like, who can you... She was, like, destined to fail from the beginning. Yeah, for sure. But the people who she went with from the 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 feds, I guess, in America, the health system in Mexico. 
I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying that I think that there could be some reason for the authorities or the hotel to try and make it look like it wasn't something that could come back on them. And who I, knows? I agree, but I also find it weird that the person who did the autopsy in America said that her cause of death was inconclusive. I mean, so it's like, so if it is inconclusive, to me, that's even almost more reason to want to investigate further. Yeah. Like if from what you're seeing and what you've already been told and what you know about what happened prior to her dying and what happened after, the logical thing for me would be that you would want to investigate it to the full, for the fullest extent, for this mm -hmm. extent, to ensure that you did your due diligence and that you don't have a group of people who are complicit in a murder, whether intentional or not, walking around. So has there ever been any kind of an interview? Not, and I don't mean like an interview interview, but like has the person who was beating her, have they been interviewed as to what the hell that was about? No. Why that happened? Like, why were you guys your friends, no. good enough friends that you traveled to another country together? Mm -hmm. What possibly could have transpired to make you be hitting your friend who, even if she was intoxicated, was so severely intoxicated that she couldn't even put her arms. I've seen the video. Wasn't even putting her arms up to like hardly even defend herself. Was just no, getting she, her ass yeah, beat. She was like laying down, like literally like in complete full like survival mode. Like yeah. I'm not fighting you. Like from start to finish, the video is only like 15 to 30 seconds long and not a single moment in that video is she fighting you back. I mean, at the very least, that person should be charged with assault. Yeah. And they know who it is. Um, no one, but I want to make sure it's Nazir and not Nazim. It is Nazir, right? I don't know. Yeah. No one but Nazir Wiggins has spoken. And after he did his live stream and all the people called out um, all of the inconsistencies and the fumbling that he was doing in the live stream, he refused to speak afterwards. So I have, <laughs> the FBI claims they interviewed these people, but like her attorney said, her family's attorney said, they refused to tell them who they interviewed or the amount of people that they interviewed. So it could have been like, we interviewed two of the six or we interviewed one of the six and it's someone who literally has no part in it at all. How is the, the information they gained from those interviews not public for at least being provided to the attorney mm -hmm. or her family like you like, should get that should this? be something you would have to have to do yeah but i guess that would only have to be public in the event that it went to like a trial or something like that no i think you should be able to look at it and some other i guess not i mean i'm no. thinking like detective wise cross-examine i mean at this point the family that probably the only route they could go would be a pi they could go in oh, and, for sure and do their own thing and try and figure it out. And But even at this point, like, what can a PI really do if these people are refusing to speak? And, like, there's even the United States government doesn't find any sort of reason to prosecute anybody. DOJ is not on their side. I don't know. It's, it's a very disappointing outcome. And, and also it's just so confusing. Like, the whole thing is so confusing. Like, not even 24 hours before, they were eating dinner and enjoying their time and having their little tropical drinks. Like I've seen like the Snapchats that they post and the Instagram stuff they posted, they were all enjoying their time. So like you said, what could have possibly transpired in between that time and 12 hours later to cause a fight, but not only cause a fight, but possibly cause a fight that ended, that ended in, someone's life. Yeah. Like, do you know how mad you have to be to beat somebody to death? And, and then lie about it after. And I'm like trying to remember like the, 
pretty sure the person in the video was pretty small statured. They're both small. Shanquello is not yeah. a large person. But I mean, to be that mad at somebody, to be that tiny and be able to inflict the damage, like with your hands, like it wasn't even make sure correct no, me if I'm misremembering. No, like, I didn't see no any weapon. like weapons no, or not like she grabbed like a bottle or like a pipe or, like, or something. Slamming her head down on furniture or anything like that. None of that stuff. And my recollection clip happened. that we saw. I mean, we have no idea what happened before or after that video turned off. And that's off. the thing, too. Like, videos usually start midway through something mm -hmm. because you're not going to walk around with your video on 24-7. Unless anticipating... you know someone's going to, like, sneak attack somebody. Right. And if you know that, then you know that there was a beef and some kind of a problem. So that person should have to talk about why in the hell there's some kind of a beef and some kind of a problem. Yeah. And it was definitely, I mean, probably a sneak attack because she's naked. So she either just got out of a shower, mm -hmm. was sleeping, whatever. Like she wasn't wearing clothes. She wasn't prepped for a fight. She wasn't. So it's just. Is it. Okay. The whole naked thing. And I'm not at all. Like, I have no idea. Possible that the person who assaulted her could have had a boyfriend on the trip and caught them in a compromising position. I don't think so. I mean, I guess, but I don't think so. Because, I mean, that would enrage somebody to the point where they would be fighting and we know. I don't know, just a theory. And I know from things that I've witnessed and that some men like to be fought over and would be encouraging, like, yeah, you know, get her. I guess, whatever. but why go on vacation to do that? That's crazy to me. Well, yeah, but if you're drunk and who knows what happens, like things happen. I mean, also, how drunk can you possibly be before 2 p.m.? You. Like, I'm going to assume that since they had a late first night and they were traveling, they probably slept in a little bit the next day. And you're claiming that she was so fucking drunk that she couldn't speak, couldn't get up, was so dehydrated that she couldn't get an IV put in her, and all this stuff by 2 p.m.? I mean, it's possible. And she's dead by 3? I would imagine that Cabo's probably all-inclusive. I don't know. Um, so... Her attorney said that there is no reason why a black woman should go on vacation with her friends, be returned to her family in a box, and nothing be done for five months. Uh, because justice delayed can be justice denied. Which, which one, we see 100% in this case that now there's not enough evidence to do mm -hmm. anything. You've waited too long. The family plans to hold a march to the State Department headquarters in Washington, D.C. on May 19th, which is the 200th day since Shanquilla Robinson's passing, according to the family's attorney. The message cannot be that United States citizens can go overseas and commit crimes against other United States citizens and come back and say that they're on base, that they're safe, that they're not going to be arrested, that there's going to be such a delay in the investigation that the evidence will have time to dissipate. Which, yeah, 100%, because otherwise you're going to turn vacationing in Mexico into some lawless I mean, we have seen that whatever before. The hell you want? Where like people who get married who like hate the person they're marrying intentionally vacation overseas or in like a tropical place and kill them because they think, well, I can just make it back to the United mm -hmm. States and I'm good. Um, do we? Have, you mentioned extradition, I think, earlier, right? So we do have extradition to Mexico, yes. like a recipro reciprocity. Mm -hmm. We do. Uh, yeah, we do have extradition to Mexico. I mean, I don't know, and I think it's a. Like, very fair request from her family and her attorney because nothing at all adds up in all signs, including even the United States autopsy with the swelling brain, point to foul play. Mm -hmm. like you, your brain doesn't just swell unless you either fell and hit your head, which no one's ever claimed happened, because that'd be an easy lie to 
she fell and she hit her head, she slipped, whatever. Right. Um, the that would explain, that would explain the happen. bruises and scratches and mm-hmm. other things. Going with intoxication makes no sense. No, not at all. Because I've seen people who are like on the verge or have had alcohol poisoning. And yeah, like they're obviously in terrible shape, but not the way that they're claiming that she was. No, because swelling on the brain is like it's from a, a blow, it's from an infection, it's from lack of oxygen to yeah. the brain, like any of the sort. Not usually from drinking too much. I, I, and you can get brain damage from drinking excessively, but yeah, I'm but not sure if over that's... over an extended period of time. No, you can drink enough where you can get give yourself brain damage, but I don't, don't know if it's from swelling. I'm going to look it up while you... I would assume that it would almost be from like the dehydration that follows when you drink that much. Dehydration makes your brain um... shrink, right? Right. So I wonder if that's where the um, brain damage from drinking too much would come from. Heavy alcohol consumption increases brain inflammation. Um, But it's, yeah, it's long term. Yeah. So like if you're drinking heavily every day for like 10 years, your brain's going to swell. Yeah. So, I mean, it's everything I'm reading is like long-term dementia-like symptoms. Yeah, not um, a 25-year-old. Parkinson's, things that come with exposure over time, not some sudden. Not a 25-year-old who's not an alcoholic. Right, who's just. Who's just on vacation. Maybe binge drinking during vacation. Yeah. Had some drinks with dinner and maybe had some drinks after. Like, we do that all the time. Yeah. Had a couple shots. Not going to cause your brain to swell. No. Well, I sincerely hope that they find someone or bring someone to justice or at the very least i mean provide some closure to the family like yeah you're right this you know doesn't make any sense Mm -hmm. here's what i can tell you about what happened and i'm sorry that this is what we know yeah i'm sorry that this is how things went down and that you lost your daughter but here's the things that happened that led up to it and yeah we did get into a fight and yeah i did take it too far and this is why and these are like yeah, but they don't want to go to jail, and they're cowards. Well, you're so not going to go not... to jail for getting into a fight. We've if already... it led to someone's death, you absolutely are. Maybe, maybe not. We, I mean, I would at... hope you would. If someone beat me to death, I would hope they would go to jail. Well, they know that the that there was the fight and that she died, and no one's in jail. So I would think that person would feel at this point that person probably feels they've gotten away with oh, it. Oh, absolutely. Never speak. Yeah. Because why would you? No. If it's been this long and you've faced zero repercussions whatsoever and you've gotten off 100% scot-free, mm-hmm. why would you start speaking now? Yeah. I wouldn't. No. No rational thinking person would unless your conscience starts to eat you alive. But from what I've learned about these people who were doing these things, it doesn't seem like they have much of a conscience to begin with. No, not at all. Because um, I know I wouldn't be able to do that to my friends. No. I could. I don't think I could ever put my hands on one of my friends. No, unless, unless they were doing was... something absolutely horrifically awful to someone that I loved. And you were trying to, And even to, yeah. then, I don't know if I could beat them to death. No. Like. I, I think I'm a self-defense person only. Like, I don't, I don't know if I could actively hit somebody. Like, and I don't know. I guess I would. Yeah, some people just have that. The only that way I could gene. think, see myself doing it would be in an act of self-defense. Mm-hmm. Defending myself. I mean, we also see those people who get, like, want to fight when they're drunk. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it's too, like you said earlier, it's two, two in the afternoon. How drunk Second can they be? day of vacation. I mean, I've seen some pretty drunk people at two in the afternoon. I have too, but, like, come on. Especially on a vacation with considerably large amounts of free alcohol that you've already paid for. Not free, but you know what I mean? Like, 
never ending alcohol. Yeah. I've seen people drunk off breakfast, which just <laughs> be honest. Yeah. So that's pretty much all I have. Um, that's all that's really been released to the public. You can watch uh, Nazir's live stream if you want. It is long as shit. That man talked for like two hours and said a whole lot of nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't recommend watching it because you're probably not going to gain anything. I do hope that if at the very least her family somehow finds a way to make peace yeah. within themselves. I don't know how you do um, in a situation like this, but it does seem like they have there seems like their attorney is fucking awesome. Uh, Sue Ann Robinson seems like she was really in their corner and doesn't seem like she's planning on backing down anytime soon, uh, which is also awesome because sometimes you get attorneys who are like, well, that's it. Yeah. DOJ, yeah, like we're done here. My hands are tied. Yeah. So I hope they're marched to the State Department in two weeks. Um, does something. And if you're close to there, you should join them and be supportive. Absolutely. And- help maybe push this case into the mainstream a little bit more, which is what we need to do, which is what is the beauty of the true crime podcast community and the community in general is that a lot of times things do get solved because the community is so active and Mm -hmm. is able to say, Hey, no, this is bullshit. You need to do something and public pressure, public peer pressure tends Mm -hmm. to get results. Yeah, absolutely. Join circulate. If you are a person who blogs and talks about true crime, make this one of your cases to get it out there so that just advocate for people who don't get the attention that they deserve. Right. We've done all of our podcasts on people who, I mean, look at like Natalie Holloway and, you know, all of the other young blonde white women Mm -hmm. who have been killed and or went missing overseas. The cases are still being investigated. And John Bonet. Yeah. It's like I mean, the longest running case that is still talked about in high volume today. And we're not saying that those cases don't deserve to be talked about and that they don't deserve to be solved because I would love for every single case absolutely of every all of these people that deserve to be they deserve to be solved. But missing white girl syndrome is a very real thing in the media where you cling to stories like that because the people who are consuming the media relate to them more because they look more like them and they look more like their daughters and their sons and whatever. So you're going to publicize those more. And I'm not saying that they don't deserve the publicization that they get, but you have to give it to everybody else too. I mean, it's been five months. I would sincerely hope that we can try a little harder than five months and then it's done. Mm -hmm. I mean, Gabby Petito was 24 seven news for months. Yeah. Actual months. And just, she deserved it. And look what it led to. Yeah. We got to do better to try yeah. and help women of color get their stories told so that they can have their families can have closure and know what happened to them mm-hmm. as well. I mean, we even saw it with the Lauren Smith Fields case, and I did an episode on her, the girl who died or who was found dead in her apartment after going on that date with that guy. She was talked about for maybe a week and a half. Yeah. And then it was just, we're no longer talking about her. And when I referred to Black Twitter, it really is a faction of Twitter that is like the Black community who are very great at advocacy and um, what boosting information and posts and everything. A lot of the information that I got from this was from like articles that they have found and linked because you're not going to see an article with 10,000 retweets about this case. Mm -hmm. Like you're going to have to actively search for information. And it was quite hard for me to find a lot of this information that was on a reputable news source. Um, CNN wrote an article about it, but one article's 
one article. Right. Not much you can do with that. So, all right. Well, thank you for listening uh, to the Monsters and Mixers podcast. I didn't put an outro in here, but you know what our socials are. You can oh find gosh. <laughs> Thanks uh, for joining us. Thanks for joining us. Please follow us on our socials. We're on Facebook, Twitter, if Instagram. you have yeah, Instagram, if you have stories you'd like to share about something haunted, if you have a story you want us to research and bring to light, please let us know. Something that hits close to home for you. I mean, one of the missing persons cases I did, I only learned about and knew about because someone messaged me about it. Yeah. And was like, I would really like you to cover this. So if there are lesser known cases that are happening now or have happened in the past that just don't get talked about, please let me know. I would love to talk about them. Yep. You can send those stories to us at our Gmail at monstersandmixers2 at gmail.com and, and or, or Facebook, share, yeah, Twitter, Facebook, wherever. We're pretty accessible. Yeah, we are. We are. We're everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we have a fun weekend coming up and we're going to enjoy New Orleans festival season and yeah. Hopefully, of our lives. Hopefully we're going to get out there and <laughs> meet some ghosts. And make some toasts. Bye.